0: Thank you for joining with us for another episode of Morning Briefings here on the Pipeline Intercession for the President and on our podcast. If you have any dreams that you have about the office of the President, please send them to pip at Christian Center We're so thankful that you all have joined in with us on this prayer journey, and we look forward to standing with you not only today but in the days ahead. So with that, we'll go ahead and join today's broadcast as we talk about the news and stand on the wall for this nation and the office of the president. Good morning, good morning, everyone. Zach Garskatin coming to you from North Carolina. And today is a much anticipated day, a day that we've been praying for and making people aware of, you guys as well. And so now it's a day to be thankful that we're here, <laughs> finally. <laughs> and also to keep our emotions really in check today to make sure that we're not only walking out in the natural, a biblical example of being a light to those around us, ambassadors for this kingdom, but also uh, to keep our spirits in check and in line with what the Lord is saying and doing and, and where He might need us to, to really pray. And be focused on today, and in the days ahead, because uh, yes, this is a, a much anticipated day, a day that people have been waiting for. But the journey is not ending today. You know, if things go one way or the other, it's not. Oh, there's nothing else we have to do, or it's oh, it's over, and we just can't do anything. So we might as well just wait for, uh, for the return of Christ and not do anything. Uh, both of those mindsets are wrong. Is we're called biblically, to endure, to stand, to pick up our cross daily, and to be the ambassadors that Christ has called us to be. And today, we want to look at declaring God's law, and we want to look at uh, continuing on the story of King Josiah. We finished up Second Kings 22, now we're going to jump into 23, and seeing what happens next after, okay... We heard from the prophets. We're believing the prophets. We're as um, Ira talked about. We're judging the prophets, seeing if what they're saying is actually true. And in this case, Josiah is believing them uh, because he's read the law and seen the law. And then we go into twenty-three, and just want to read the first two verses there. And it says, "Then the king sent, and they gathered to him all the elders of Judea, Judah, and Jerusalem." And the king went up to the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him and the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of the Lord. And in today's day and age, there has been a a movement away from just basically what the laws and the scriptures just purely say. And here today, we just want to declare what has been said um, in the laws and in this instance this is what uh, chuck has to say for this prayer point for today he says when josiah came to the throne spiritual chaos idolatry, and idolatry had taken over the land they were burning incense they were offering child sacrifices they were doing everything but serving and living in accordance with the law and the commands of the lord and he says, after hearing the book of the law read and hearing the voice of the prophets, Josiah gathered all the people and had the book of the law read, which is what we hear here in Second um, Kings 23, read aloud. Josiah was not only reviving the law to the people, but also declaring God's covenant into the atmosphere. And today he says, declare that God's law will be heard in your city, in your state, and in your region. And not only that, I would add to in your personal lives, within your family, um, to start there, that foundation. And so as we go through today, is it just, just a today to declare God's laws, not only his love for people, which is being extremely um, pronounced more so from the church, but there's also the laws and things that are, are, are helping us walk in relationship, in a covenant relationship with the Lord. And so today as we, we go through this journey, there's some things I want to touch on that build upon precedence and the, of, of what the foundations of America and what God's laws are, how they were built. And then I want to close on looking at an old article to really help us understand uh, some of the narrative being spoken about today. So first, we want to continue to stay up to date with what's going on in Israel and uh, very briefly touch on the fact that now you, and this is quite interesting from the media in Israel, from the Jerusalem Post, is that uh, anti-LGBTQ plus uh, MK Avi Moaz and Netanyahu meet ahead of coalition negotiations. And the article we talked about yesterday of those parties involved is you have. Um, Avi Moaz and – I'm trying to remember the exact name of the individual – the Smotric who have more so right-wing ideologies kind of in a lot – similar to a type of, say, a Bernie Sanders on the left here in America, whereas they're just kind of um, far-reaching – and very hard to implement, but ultimately cast off aside majority of the nation that don't necessarily want those. And, it, and and the reason it's important to pay attention here and pray for and intercede for a coalition government to be formed in Israel is because Israel has gone through, again, five elections in four years. And so could this be the thing that throws off netanyahu's potential win in this case because again it's remember it's like six or eight parties joining to get trying to join together to get that 64 seats they need at least 61 so if part of the party who pulls out say it's five ten seats then you you have the whole thing going over again and lapide stays in office they have to do elections and then what to do moving forward does netanyahu do it It is another party coming forward as somebody who doesn't stand with biblical moral values. Um, And look, Netanyahu is not perfect. Even in some of these statements in this article, he talks about Netanyahu is okay with LGBTQ parades and all gay rights and all this stuff. He's not perfect, but for the security and safety of Israelis and the natural. He is a lot better um, leader for that country, in, in my opinion, our opinion. Um, than most other leaders who would be out there and, and, and buying time to give them the the spiritual revelation um, of the season that they're in and making sure that the Lord can have a chance to be able to come to them and to defend their land. So uh, we want to just, in that instance, continue to pray for a coalition government to be formed, uh, moving forward, uh, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem in the days ahead, okay. Now, in some bit of sanity in all of this crazy news cycle, and I'll get to the midterms and some things happening today. Things to watch out and for to pray for, uh, but first, some actual great news out of Florida and really sanity is that the Florida Medical Board's in accordance with the Florida um, Surgeon General came out and established two laws that prevent and ban puberty blockers and castrations and mutilations to children under the age of 18 and surgeries for minors. This is a just a sigh of relief for parents in South Florida and in Florida in general, um, to where people can't manipulate their kids to get to push them towards these ideas and then get allow, more so via the state, allow doctors to mutilate them. You talk about leaving an inheritance to your children's children. That is the very opposite of what those type of things going, if they were allowed in Florida. Now, each state has now a decision to make. This is in direct contradiction to the Department of uh, um, Health and Human Services and the uh, man pretending to be a woman, Rachel Levine. I forget his actual real name, um, who says that. Well, we just need to go along with this. We need to uh, uh, um, allow these things to to gender affirming care and all this stuff, which is is completely just disastrous. And Ron DeSantos and the Florida uh, Surgeon General basically come out and say, uh, the Surgeon General Joseph Lapid,o uh, Ladapo, excuse me, basically say, look, a lot of this is gender dysphoria, which is being Completely ignored right now with these kids because they're being brainwashed into most of this. And he says, "Look, by the time they're 18, they ended up coming out of this. And they don't. They don't go. Want to go along with these ideologies that are being placeboed. I don't know how to say it. They're just they're being pushed down their throat in reality, and there's there's no saying. And, and Rachel Levine, um, the head of the uh, Health and Human Services, is talking about how well this is. We're doing this based upon science." Um, and, and, you know, these guys are ignoring the science and, and data proven that this is reality, but she's also, he, more so he's also ignoring, because uh, I refuse to call her him or she is, he's ignoring the reality that, well, he's ignoring the fact that gender dysphoria plays a huge portion in this. And obviously someone given into that spirit will also do that. So that's a, a huge, um, bit of sanity. To come about on this this uh, crazy day, so with that, um, I wanted to get into a few things, and this this story on if you know if you saw this yesterday, a Trump appointed judge came out and blocked a New York law that prohibited guns in places of worship, churches, synagogues, etc., things like that, so they can protect themselves, um, and this is coming after the Supreme Court overturned the 1911 Sullivan Act, which required citizens in New York to show quote-unquote proper cause when applying for concealed carry permits and basically saying that the state doesn't have the right to overstep the Constitution and the Second Amendment on this issue. And he therefore applies that now long-standing precedent going back to the Constitution in saying that, look, he said this and this is quite interesting and i want us to remember this as we go through the news and see what's happening today saying that the i want to make sure i get this right u.s district judge john sinatra jr said that the constitution and the bill of rights are the status quo not in this case 2022 legislation on the books for nine weeks legislation Legislative enactments may not eviscerate the Bill of Rights. Every day they do is one too many. The nation's history does not uh, countenance such an incursion into the right to keep and bear arms across all places of worship across the state. The right to self-defense is no less important and no less recognized at these places. So, he says, hey, the Constitution actually has standing. This is a another just, okay, a somewhat... Um, redefining of the foundations here in America. The reason this is important will make sense later. But now we go to the... I want to play this clip from the press secretary. You might have seen it, but I I think it's it's worthy to hear with their own ears and then also discuss and discuss some of the ramifications about this, about what's about to... supposedly in her eyes, about to happen come tonight after the elections two weeks to, to call every state in modern elections more and more ballots are being cast in early voting and also by mail and many states don't start counting those ballots until after the ballots uh, after pardon me after the polls close on November 8th. So you heard the president say this the other night. He has been very clear on this as well. We may not know all the winners of elections for a few days. It takes time to count all legitimate ballots in a legal and orderly manner. That's how, the, that's how this is supposed to work and it's important for us. So she's telling you this is gonna take some time, going along with the sentiments of the interim Secretary of State of Pennsylvania, the head of CISA, who is over the voting machines and part of the voting process, who is telling you, don't be surprised if people get locked out, if there's long lines, if pipe pipes start bursting in facility where races are contentious. Nefarious acts coming from the White House, saying these things are going to take time, quite interesting. Then you also see, which is very, very interesting, a letter put out from – let me blow this up so you can see this better – from the National Association of State Election Directors and the National Association of Secretaries of State stating the same premise that um, Karen Jean-Pierre talked about in the fact that elections will take some time. They go on to say that, well, the the results given the night of the election are estimates, and we need several days to actually verify. Then you also have Politico coming out and suggesting election fraud could happen in races where uh, Democrats might possibly lead. And giving six examples, a lot of them to do with uh, some of the concerns that some on the right had with the last election of potential security breaches and cybersecurity breaches because – of the possibility that there might also be a connection to the outside world where they could be hacked, manipulated, etc. But now it's, well, now this is a real, a real problem. Um, and going back to the letter put forward by the National um, Association of Secretaries of State and state election directors, they say, and part of their opening line is that um, despite numerous challenges over the last few years, state and territorial election officials, along with their colleagues at the local level, have devoted countless hours, resources, and energy to securing America's elections. Okay. If there's nothing going on, then why do you need to spend all this time, money, and effort doing this? Oh, wait. There possibly might be a loss for a certain party. Or there actually are security challenges, and they're being brought forth now of actually being dealt with. And then the, the issue around the laws, um, election integrity laws put forth by states like Georgia and Texas and, and a host of other states where uh, people are given more time to vote in person versus mail-in ballots and allowed to have their vote be counted and go through a secure process moving forward. You also... I'm I'm giving these warnings because this is what this is what those in power right now are saying. You also have the Justice Department coming out and giving a list of 24 states, and I think it's 64 jurisdictions. Yeah, 64 jurisdictions where they will send quote unquote monitors from the Civil Rights Division and other divisions within the uh, Department of Justice to quote unquote again monitor. The elections and try to quote unquote prevent voter inter- um, interrogations, um, voter manipulations, and a host of other things. Now, you in one of the areas where they're going to try to do this is in um, Missouri, and the Secretary of State in Missouri is going against what the uh, National Association of Secretaries of, of States is saying. No. They have literally no authority to be in the federal. Justice Department has no authority to be involved in the states. This these are local issues. Um, they're saying, well, we want to make sure that they're adhering to federal laws. This is not a federal jurisdiction. This is a, a state jurisdiction. States are responsible and should be responsible for how elections are determined, and, and because that's how the Constitution and, and the Bill of Rights and everything it lays it out. This is not a federal issue. Um, And this is a, a prime example of federal overreach right before our very eyes. Now, might there be some issues? Yes. But if the DOJ really cared about this, they would get involved with these state and local officials and say, hey, here's some issues we've seen, we've been told about. You need to deal with this. That's all that you have to do. You don't have to send the Civil Rights Department, which is highly, highly progressive. Um, and liberal and does not want to adhere to the, the Constitution of the United States, and it's very problematic when you see things like that going on. Now, I go back to this statement made from the judge in the New York case on gun rights and places of worship, where he said the Constitution and the Bill of Rights are the status quo, not 2022 legislation that has been on the books for nine weeks. The reason I wanted to say that early on was because of this case from uh, the Fetterman campaign out of Pennsylvania that is trying to get – that is suing the Pennsylvania election board of officials to try and get ballots without dates and incorrect dates and non-matching signatures from mail-in ballots to be counted after – The Supreme Court said, no, they can't because that doesn't go along with Pennsylvania law. And then the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, oh, yeah, there's a law on the books that prevents this very thing from occurring, meaning if the the signatures don't match up, if things aren't filled out properly given – that includes dates, misdates, no dates – If it doesn't match up, if it's not filled out properly, they cannot be counted. And Fetterman is saying, well, ah, to heck with that. We had this law in 2019 that was passed that in 2020 allowed these things to be counted. If you remember, one of the challengers who brought it before the Supreme Court lost by 250, 275 votes. And in some of these counties where Fetterman could potentially lose, he's getting – um, and one of the one of the instances i read was he's getting around like 600 ballots being thrown out because there are no dates or incorrect dates and so he wants those added back in because the race for oz and fetterman is razor razor thin so 275 he the, the republican who lost the vote i think it was one of the smaller races ended up losing by 250 275 votes you have 600 being thrown out in one county I think it was the county in um, involving Pennsylvania and around there can remember exactly so this is a huge case but I go back I go back to that quote of how these laws that have been instituted you know two minutes ago don't supersede the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and also don't precede the rights of the individual state. the reason I highlight Pennsylvania's case, is because there's a prophetic word we're holding on to from Clay Nash that talked about how – I believe it's Clay Nash – talked about how the Lord want, it, it, it is giving Pennsylvania an opportunity to stand up for the Constitution and stand up for fundamental values in its state. And they have an opportunity now. The Supreme Court in Pennsylvania didn't want to do it in 2020 when he had the word. They're just some for some reason deciding to do it now, maybe because it's less contentious. But that is that word's being proven to be accurate, and Pennsylvania has a decision to decide. The judges on this have really delayed it till after the election. So hopefully they stand on the precedence of the constitution and laws within Pennsylvania that have been enacted for since the beginning of the state. And I want to end on this is there is an article from the American Thinker from back in March 15th of 2017 that I think really goes forward and applies to today. And it's from um, Paul Parker who talks about, he says, The media... Daily outburst about the dangers of democracy posed by the current administration while – again, talking about the Trump administration at the time – while highly musing amid a key piece of information, the United States is not a democracy. The United States is a republic, and if you remember the statement made by Benjamin Franklin that is accredited to Benjamin Franklin when asked um, a question, he says, a republic if you should keep it. Our founding fathers understood and, and rightly defined our nation as a republic, not a democracy, and here's why. The differences um, – however, a common argument today claims that democracy as defined in modern times is not significantly different from the republicanism as defined by the, in the founding era. For example, historian Ralph Ketchman argued the founders would not have opposed to the modern connotations of the word democracy nor would they have used the word republic to mark out a distinction from those connotations basically trying to substitute democracy for republic uh, a republic back in the founding and that's what's being happening is you have now people trying to just shift things and change things i want to look at a quote from Woodrow Wilson who said this he noted That socialism and democracy are almost, and this is a quote from Woodrow Wilson, if not one and the same, they both rest at bottom upon the absolute right of the community to determine its own destiny and that of its members. Men as uh, communities are the supreme over men as individuals. Hmm. Some citizens of this country have never got beyond the declaration of independence and that's the point is our rights are our rights and our laws are derived from a source that source in instance is the holy spirit of the bible which is where they founded and wrote out the constitution and the bill of rights now i want to take a step back and um, talk about read, read these two paragraphs. He says, For the most part, the Founding Fathers were strongly opposed to both monarchy, monarchy and democracy. A monarchy was defined at the time, and still is, as a rule by a king while a democracy was and still is defined by rule by the people. Meaning, however their emotions sway, however they go, that's what the rule of law is and that's what's trying to be established today. And the powers of the king and the people could either be limited or unlimited. Nevertheless, the interest of the majority, like the interest of a king, is not a legitimate standard for determining whether something is right or wrong. You have to have some plumb line, some standard of truth, to establish natural human rights of what is right and wrong. Rather, the legitimate standards for a government are the principles set forth in the Declaration of Independence, in particular the principle that governments are instituted to secure the unalienable rights of individuals. The Founding Fathers were overwhelmingly in favor of a republic defined as rule by representatives of the people, and the United States is a republic with a constitution that deliberately restrains democracy by limiting majority rule on the national level to a few areas where the federal government has been granted a small, small number of specific powers. In other words, the U.S. Constitution imposes severe limits on the power of both the people and the representatives of the people. The Constitution was designed to provide the federal government with only those powers necessary to ensure an effective union of the states while simultaneously upholding the principles set forth in the Declaration of Independence. Furthermore, And I'll close with this. The Founding Fathers included George Washington were adamant that regardless of public opinion, the Constitution can be changed only with a constitutional amendment. And what you're seeing now is fear being pushed by a certain sect of people who want to rule via via majority rule and by the swaying of public opinion think about how and why the quote-unquote definition of marriage is changed in the eyes of man because opinion and those speaking the loudest spoke up that doesn't mean marriage was changed in the eyes of the Lord and this is where we want to stand and declare God's laws. establishing the fact that number one we are a republic ruled by a representation to uphold the laws that are limited to understand the unalienable rights of individuals not a majority and so when we we go out to vote and we pray today and we stay in, in in relationship with the lord we want to remind ourselves of these things and i'll put a link to this if you want to read the rest of it it goes on um to deal with this was around this article was written around the um the issue of the law or tax act of the affordable cares act and the problems around that but it, it clearly establishes the difference between a democracy and a republic which we are a republic and that's the, the issue in Pennsylvania, the issue along the East Coast, of getting back to those fundamental rights that have been established since the beginning of this nation in the U.S. Constitution, in the Declaration of Independence, and in the Bill of Rights. And, and those who want to change it based upon opinion are shifting and have been shifting freedoms and rights and trying to take away people's freedoms and rights because they deem them necessary to be able to stay in power. So let's not forget that. Continue to vote and pr- uh, pray for people who are voting today be- to vote based on biblical moral values. And it looks like things are showing a high voter turnout, which is, and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this, which is the only thing, that will be able to overcome whatever the doj is trying to do whatever anybody else monitoring laws the ballot dumps whatever the case is is if people go out to vote voter turnout will be the number one issue to determine how this election comes out you can sit here and and worry about the nefarious acts that are going on but the reality is if you don't go out and vote there is really nothing to to complain about so if you go out and vote you do your part you get other people to do their part if they're registered and vote based upon biblical moral values and just leave it at that and let the lord and the holy spirit touch their hearts uh, to be able to move in that direction so blessings to each and every one of you don't forget we have our new prayer today we'll obviously be praying about this um and and we'll stay up to date try to stay up to date and continue to provide uh, insights prophetically and in the news so blessings and i'll see you guys tomorrow have a good